as many as I love. Revelation chapter 3. Let's start from 14 to 15. Revelation chapter 3. From 14 to 15. Are we? And unto the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write. These things saith the, the amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would thou wet cold or hot. 16. So then, because thou art lukewarm, and neither cold nor hot, I will spill thee out of my mouth. Verse 17. Because thou sayest I am rich, and increase with goods, and have need of nothing, and knoweth not that thou art wretched, and miserable, and poor, and blind, and naked. 18. Please, are you following the scripture? Are you following the scripture? I counsel thee to buy of me gold, tried in the fire, that thou mayest be rich, and white raiment, that thou mayest be clothed, and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear, and anoint thy eyes with eyes salve, that thou mayest see. Verse 19. My preaching is from here. Amen. Let's read it together. One, two, go. Verse 19. My preaching is from here. Amen. Let's read it together. One, two, go. Please let me read it. One, two, go. So, as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Now, when God loves you, there is a posture he has towards you. The more God loves you, the more he will chasten you. Out of his love, he will rebuke us and out of his love, he will correct us. Out of his love, he will chasten us and out of his love, he will punish us. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 5 to 6. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 5 to 6. Change the version for me. Give me NLT. Okay. And have and have you for and have you forgotten the encouraging words that God spoke to you as his children? He said, "My child, don't make light of the Lord's discipline." And don't give up when he corrects you. Verses. For the Lord disciplines those he loves. And he punishes each one he accepts as his child. 
Can you read that side again? One to go. Please come alive. One to go. Come alive, please. So we're going to look at the meaning of. So give me King James. Let's see some words there. For whom the Lord loved, he chasteneth and scourgeth every son whom he received. So, what's the meaning of chasten? To chasten means to correct or discipline. To chasten means to correct or discipline. To scourge means to punish. So, God will either discipline. God will either correct or God will either punish those he loves. If God does not love you, he will not punish you. (laughs) If he doesn't love you, he will not correct you. If he doesn't love you, he he will not punish you whilst you're on earth. But immediately God begins to correct, discipline, chasten you. It means that he wants the best for you. Don't worry, we'll get into the word. So I'm just playing. The Greek word for scotch is mastigo. Mastigo. M-A-S-T-I-G-O-O. Mastigo. Mastigo. It means, it, it, it appears in the Bible seven times for scotch. Punish. And anytime it appeared in the Bible, it stood for corporal and physical punishment. So, It gives you a picture that God is a disciplinarian because he's a father. Follow. In all its appearance in the New Testament, not even in the Old Testament, in the New Testament, it was for corporal punishment. God doesn't use physical, God doesn't use physical punishment But the punishment he uses is more severe than physical punishment. Are you here? This is a post-camp message. So I'm not going to shout because we are all tired. So I'm going to give you the rhythm of the camp. Amen. God doesn't use physical punishment but his, his way of disciplining us is more severe Do not despise the disciplines of God. Because any man that despises, to despise means to reject. To despise means to look down on. To despise means to disregard. So if we disregard God's cautions, corrections, and chastenings, we can never become the kind of disciples he wants us to come or to become. Now, in the midst of God's chastenings, he takes us to a place in him that not everybody can get to. There are two types of people in the church. People who are being corrected by God and people who are just in the church. I pray that you will be a person, a child of the Father, who is always being rebuked, chastened, and corrected. In the name of Jesus. At times in the midst of the chastenings and the correction, you will feel like giving up 
or you feel like you are going to die. I can't take it anymore. This is too much. I cannot take it anymore. This is not fair. Life is not fair. And blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. But you see, that chastening, that discipline, that correction is taking you somewhere. And God will not stop it because you are complaining. No. If the baker begins to feel for the flour it puts in the oven, after five minutes, he pulls out the flour. Do you think you are going to have a bread to eat? No. So though the chastenings of God will be bringing inconveniences to us, God will not stop the chastenings if he loves you. The proof of God loving you is his corrections he brings to us. If God does not correct you, he doesn't love you. If you have a father and the father, your father doesn't correct you, that means he has given up on you. There are some children stay with their parents who don't take instruction from their parents. And their parents just watch them. I was talking to a woman, she was complaining about the son. And then I asked, is your husband having a good relationship with your son? He said, no. He said, oh, he has spoken and he's tired. So now he has left he has left the boy to his feet. Any child that does not experience correction from God, that means God has left you on your own. So when you are going through the corrections and the chastenings of God, you must understand that because he loves you, that is why he's taking you through that path. Can I hear a big amen? The need for us to dedicate ourselves and pay attention to God's correction is because until God rebukes us, until God corrects us, we can never find the will of God. Until we stay under the eagle eye of God, we can never find the will of God. What use It's a father who cannot correct. Hello? Yeah. All of us have fathers who correct us. Who is physical. So God will also not watch you if he loves you and he has received you as a child or his son. He will continuously rebuke you. I heard a musician say there is no love in the church. He doesn't know what he's talking about. They expect the church to condone every rottenness. Then that one is love. No. Two things the church stands for. The church saves sinners. And the church raises disciples through corrections, rebukes, and chasteners. I thought you were clapping. Yeah. We go and we bring the sinner. But Two things the church stands for. We go and bring the sinner. And then we raise disciples. So the evangelist will tell you, when you give your life to Christ, you, he carries your burdens. Every trouble comes to an end. It's not a lie. It's true. So when you come in, then 
God begins to show you how your troubles can come to an end. And that one, you need to conform to the training. Else you'll never get to that place. So the spirit, so the spirit in a pure salvation message is different from the spirit in a rebuking message. The sermons of your pastor must be divided into two inspirations and instructions. If you stay under a pastor that is always making you excited, come on, shout it, come on, shout it, I receive it, I jump it, I swallow it, I swim in it. You will be a toy Christian, you won't go anywhere. There must be instructions that you must be ready to obey. In the obedience, you begin to conform to something that is hidden in the word of God. Most of times, people grow, people are in church, but they are very wicked. They are in church, and they are very strong sinners. They are in church, and they are very worldly, because they come to church, and they don't take the instructions that come from the word. Disciples are made through the disciplines in God's word. When you obey the disciplines in God's word, you become a disciple. You see, we don't want multitudes. We want disciples. But it's out of the multitudes that we make disciples. Disciples are made. They are made. And we must allow the word of God to make us. To make us. To make us. Through God. Though God may allow others to go on in their errors and sins uncorrected, he cannot sit down and watch the sons and daughters he loves to continue to walk in their errors and sins without correcting them. So if you find yourself at a certain point of your life, God is taking you through corrections and rebukes, you have to accept it because God has received you as a son or a daughter. That is why he's chastening you. Now, just as, listen to this, just as no wise, caring, and good father will overlook faults in his own children as he may with others, so the Lord will not sit down and allow us to continue in our sins. He will rebuke you. He will correct you. He will chasten you. And the chastenings are in levels. And sometimes when he chastens you and you don't hear, he will scorch you. He will punish you. And God's punishment on earth eh, is better than the punishment eternal. If God is punishing, correcting, rebuking you on earth, it means that he doesn't want you to miss eternal life. But you have to respond to those chastenings in a positive way than to see it as the church is not, eh, people don't love, people are always rebuking, people are always judging. Eh, it's better you are judged here on earth than to go there and be judged according to yourselves. Give the Lord a mighty clap of hands. 
To be allowed to sin without a rebuke is an alarming sign of alienation from God and from the will of God. If you find yourself in a sinful life, that doesn't bring any conviction. That doesn't bring any rebukes. That doesn't bring any chasteness. You hide every sinful act from everybody. You are heading for a ditch. Follow the teaching. Those who do not experience his corrections are illegitimate children. You must be worried when God doesn't correct you. When God is not minding you in your evil way, you must be worried. You must meet God's chastenance when you miss the way. Immediately you are on the wrong path for a long time and God doesn't show up with the rape. It means you are lost. The place is very quiet. <laughs> True sons and daughters respond to the chastenings of their father. Malachi chapter 1 verses. Today I promise I won't preach for a long time. The Lord of heaven's army says to the priest, a son honors his father and a servant respects his master. If I am your father and master, where are the honor and respect I deserve? Have you seen the scripture? So if God is our father, we must honor him. Hello? Now, can your father be in the house and you go and bring your boyfriend in your bedroom? Then why is that God is in his house and we are messing up around him? It means we don't honor him and we don't respect him. He said, if you call me father, if you call me daddy, if you call me papa, almighty God, where is my honor and where is my respect? The Bible continues to say, you have shown contempt by my name. But you ask, how have we ever shown contempt for your name? If God is our father, we need to honor him. The same way if you have a pastor and you call him your father, you must honor him by obeying, by receiving instructions, by receiving his rebukes as a blessing. I thought you are clapping. There are many people that they call their pastors daddy, 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 but it is just on their lips. There are pastors who attempt to correct them and they will leave the church. We were on Anakazo campus and we met a, a gentleman. I was very happy we met him because there were some of us, some of you were working with me when we met the guy. And this is a guy I've been sharing his um, testimony here that um, he once came to church. We were in the classroom. When we were in the classroom, I think the first year or so, one day I were there on a Tuesday service and this guy came to park. Those days we didn't have cars. We had only one car. He came to park a bus, a kind of a van. And uh, Charlie, if you're a young pastor and Charlie, you are pastoring a church as young as it is. Uh, <laughs> somebody comes to pack a van. Young guy, fine guy. 
He came to church. On Sunday too, he came. When he came, when, when he came, on Sunday, he said, why? Pastor, I want to talk to you. I said, okay. And he said, oh, God has led him to come and join the church. Then I said, ah, God has led you to join the church. I didn't feel right. Anytime somebody comes to the church and tells me that God has led, I have a problem. Because I will not be sure whether it is actually God. Because the same voice that tells you that come and join the church. One day you come and tell me that that same voice will leave the church. <laughs> so if you are planning or something like that, just follow it. <laughs> so I, I said, ah, uh, God has led you. Okay. Can we have a short chat? Jerry, can we talk? He said, okay. I said, which church were you in before you came here? He said, oh, I was in so-so-and-so church, an international church. I said, okay. And uh, I said, why did you leave? He said, where is the church? Which branch? He said, oh, just here. Yeah. He didn't mention. I don't want to mention the, but it's not ICGC though, so um, don't worry. And I said, okay, why did you leave your church, Jerry? He said, oh, you know, pastor, I had, a, I had an issue and, uh, with my beloved and uh, the way the pastor handled the case. I felt that the pastor did not handle it well. He's favoring my beloved. And it will bring confusion, you know. And I said, so what do you do in the church? I'm a shepherd. So I've come, I've come to revamp the the evangelistic, the outreach ministry. And from the church is coming from wild. Any young pastor will grab him. He said, oh, this, this, this. He's not going to. God has led him here. And when he entered the church, he loved the spirit. Hmm. They have very nice words. I love the spirit in the house. And I believe that God has sent, guided me to the right place. And I said, oh, okay. But do you know something? I am not fine in my spirit. I'm a very spiritual man. I think you must go back to your church. Oh, the guy looked at me. He was shocked. I remember telling my covenant brother, Pastor Blessing, he said, oh, apostle, so you sent him away. I beg, next time, if somebody come like that, you know, like you direct him to my church. I said, no, I told him he should go back and settle the case with his pastor. When we, when we went there, we met him. He, he saw me and came to When he shook me, he thought I'd forgotten about him. He shook me and said, hey, Jerry, how are you? He said, you remember me? Sandra, were you there? Or oh, who was I working? Francis. Uh -huh. He said, you remember? I said, yes, I remember you. He said, so you remember my case? I said, yes, I your wife. So, they, he went back and married the same woman. And they have children. He's happily and he's still in that church. I'm very sure that his pastor was correcting him. 
and his ego moved him out. And he heard the voice of his ego that he should come here and say, God spoke to him. Most of the people who came to me and said, God told them they should come to this church, they've all left. Yeah. One day we were there praying, and then a young man came to the window and said, When he was passing, he heard us praying. God told him to join the church. He's not in the church again. So if I had kept this guy, and that is the problem going on in the church now. One person will be in church A. As they are punishing him and correcting him, he will jump to another church. And when the young pastor sees the way he's charismatic, no, oh, hold the mic and lead prayer. I mean, if they don't like you, we will like you. There is space here for you. So the, the system is not raising disciples to make churches strong. We are interested in crowd. And some pastors are afraid to confront what must be confronted. But I pray for you that one day, if the Lord begins to chasten you, you will not leave your place of correction, but God, you give God the time to take you through the disciplines in His way. I thought you say a bigger amen. Oh, give a big clap to the Lord. Now, those who do not experience his corrections are illegitimate children and do not qualify to enter his kingdom. Now, truly, truly saved sons and daughters of God will accept the corrections of their father. They will accept it. They will accept it. Your Christianity is weighed in the way you receive the corrections from God and also from your pastor. God will correct us and chasten us and rebuke us through two main ways. His word and then his men. His word and his men. And when it gets to the point where your destiny is too precious to people and you are still careless, he can punish you. He can cause you to fall into deep trouble. Deep trouble. Deep trouble in a way to correct you. Look at what he did to Saul. He blinded him for a while. May you not push God to blind you. Your amen is not strong. May you not push God to blind you because you did not respond to the corrections in his word. Somebody celebrate God with a good clap. Psalm 119 verse 67 and Psalm 119 verse 75. Psalm 119 verse 67 said, Before I was afflicted, I went astray. But now have I kept thy word. So you see, by the time you are afflicted in your waywardness, until you keep the word, the affliction will continue. Some of the afflictions we are going through, eh, they are not demonic. <laughs> they are because you've gone astray. If you return to God, the afflictions will end. Not every prayer against an affliction will be answered by God will not waste his time on such a prayer. Sometimes all you need to do is to return and the affliction will end. All you need to do is to begin to keep God's word. And without prayer, affliction will come to an end. 
I pray that God will give you a heart that will help you keep his word. Somebody shout a big amen. Psalm 119 verse, 30, uh, verse 75. He said, I know, O oh Lord, that thy judgments are right and that thou in faithfulness has afflicted me. Wow. So some of the afflictions are from God's judgment because of our actions. So how can you bind that affliction when God is afflicting you? <laughs> now see, there is no by fire, by fire prayer that will quench that affliction. All you need to do is to return to him and keep his word. And some of it I'm telling you, if you will be sensitive enough, some of the affliction you found yourself in is just because you could not keep God's word. And anytime we disobey God's word, we become vulnerable to afflictions. I pray that tonight, as I complete this teaching, your life will gravitate back to the will of God. I say your life will gravitate back to the will of God. In the mighty name of Jesus. Give the Lord a mighty clap offering. If God loves you, he will correct you out of your sins. He will correct you. If you love God, you will receive his corrections. So two ways. If God loves us, he will correct us. If we love him, we will accept his corrections. Yeah. What will you do if you are going astray and I call you and I start rebuking you? What will you do? And I start correcting you. You see, if you are never corrected, you can never become a disciple. Because there are things you will do in your own eyes, you will think that is right. Yes, you will think that is right. You come there, you have pierced all your face. Somebody must call you and say, hey, stop this nonsense. Go remove them. You are not dressing well. Somebody must call you and say, hey, Aku, you are not dressed. This is not how you should dress. Go and change it. And you must say, yes, daddy, go and you go and change. The next time you are shouting on somebody, because you see, the, your flesh is not dead yet. Our flesh is not dead yet. And the fleshly desire will keep going and coming. So if you are misbehaving and nobody can correct you, you can never develop into the God kind of disciple that God desires for us. There's many people, they can clap. There are so many people in church who are not discipled. And that is why the church keeps, and I told you, if the church does not return to the place of discipleship, the church will become very weak in doctrines. If I, I should ask, what are the foundational doctrines of Christianity? Mousy, what are they? What? Hey, wrong. Yamutu. 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 Repentance from dead works, the laying on of hands, baptisms, resurrection of the dead, faith towards God. We, just, we don't know. 
if I were you, one of my desires as a Christian is that I want to be desirable. I want to be desirable. And discipleship is apprenticeship. So you are doing something to say, no, it it is too left-handed. Bring it here. It is too right-handed. Bring it here. You don't say, nah, I know what to do. No. Those that he loves, he will chasten. He will scourge. He will punish. He will discipline. If you are doing something wrong and I get to know and I don't mind you, it means I don't love you. I've left you for destruction. Can you go to labor world, push a baby out? See the child going wrong and you won't talk. I wanted to preach this message at the camp, but the camp was maybe next year we do for Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Brother Mike, next time you have to go. <laughs> yeah. Because this was a message that Jesus went to Laodicea. A church that could give him the biggest honorarium. Because it was a big church, very wealthy church. He didn't care about the honorarium. They had money, but he said they were poor and they were wretched. The decor did not determine their state. Their state will authenticate the decor. Jesus said, you are wretched. You are poor. The only way you can be called rich is when you are refined as gold. You put on white garments and you anoint your eyes with ointment. Because when you anoint your eye with ointment, you begin to see the way Jesus sees. When you put on the white garment, you begin to look like Jesus. Who told you if your garment doesn't matter? Go to Revelation 3.18. Quickly. Those of us who are in camp, I think we just did the A. I counseled thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire, that thou mayest be rich. But they were rich. They called it blessing, but God, Jesus, was seeing them as poor. And white remnant that thou mayest be clothed. So if you're boasting, if you're pursuit in life, all you need is to get money. You are having a wrong purpose in your pursuit in the kingdom. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Something, something, something of white remnant must be on you. Something. At the camp, I preach a message called A Picture of Judgment Day. How many of you want to hear that message? Are you sure you want to hear it? <laughs> Give the Lord a mighty clap offering. Struggling to obey God's chastenings is a strong sign a man isn't with the Lord. When you are struggling to obey God's chastenings, it's a sign that a man isn't with the Lord. I always tell people that when I'm reading the Bible, I actually don't look for 
the blessings of God. I look for the instructions of God. Because the gateway to God's blessings is obedience. What are you going to obey if you don't know? Yeah. If you can obey, you open the gateway. But most of the times we look for the blessing and we are not ready to obey the instructions. I pray that God is going to help us by his grace to move to a level where we shall begin to look like him. Give the Lord a mighty clap offering. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 12 verse 5 to 6. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 5 to 6. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 5 to 6. And ye have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto children. My son, despise not thou the chasteness of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. If I had accepted that guy, I don't think he would have survived. He would have even been more rotten. He might have gone off. But today, when I saw him, he was so happy. He even told me that his bishop was around. And I went to shake the bishop. I went to shake the bishop. He said, oh, bishop is around. And I went to shake him. He was so happy. The next morning, when they were departing, we met him again. I said, Pastor Prince, thank you very much for that advice. Over six years ago. Sometimes, you see a pastor, so far as the person can sing, he doesn't check where he's coming from. He doesn't check where, that's why when you come to this church and you want to sing in the choir, no matter how your song, your voice is angelic, you will be in the church for a while. You do ABC class. By the time you finish, it depends on your background. I'll interview you. When I see that challenge, you, you are hollow. You go through, oh, by the time you finish, it's one and a half years. <laughs> one time some instrumentalists came around, they were Nigerians. They, when you see their pierced their ears, rasta, challenge, some of them look like gays. They could play the thing. They came, oh, Pastor, I mean, we are anointed. We play this thing very well. We play very well. I said, okay, yeah, we also want you to play very well. But do you know something? Go through ABC class. When you finish all the ABC class, then I'll push you there. Three months, they all disappeared from the church. They have seen fine girls in the choir. They, they want to come and fire Hear what Paul had to say about this. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 30 to 32. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 30 to 32. NLT version, please. He said, that is why many of you are weak and sick, and some have even died. Verse 31. But if we would examine ourselves, we would not be judged by God in this way. Verse 32. Yet when we are judged by the Lord, we are being disciplined so that we will not be condemned along with the world. Hey, that is a very dangerous one. That is a very dangerous one. Read it together. I want to go very loud. So it could be that you can be in church, you can be in Zion, 
and be condemned with those that are technical sinners. Because you didn't respond to the chastenance and the disciplines of the Lord. May you respond to the disciplines of the Lord. God's chastenings are not pleasant at all. If I tell you they are pleasant, I'm lying. It will make you, you will suffer for it. I, I listened to a testimony where um, um, a general overseer heard that a pastor was messing up, sleeping with the girls. That is the problem. The good, the girls, and the glory. The GGG is a problem of pastors so, and leaders and every believer. The GGG, the good, money, the girls, and the glory. So they posted him and Charlie, he was harvesting the souls for himself. He was having a great, he had become a sickle. He was sickling, great harvest. So when the general had heard it, he withdrew him from the station and brought me. And the guy was a prophet. The general had imparted him and he could prophesy. And he had his own crowd. His people believed in him. Believed in him, and he humbled himself and left and went for all the humiliation was in the headquarter church leading prayer, intercession. For three years, he was just leading intercession. And the general said, I will not even have a meeting with him and talk to him, nothing. He was just leading prayer for three years. He never complained. Can you imagine somebody with a strong prophetic gift? He could prophesy. He didn't, people were calling, go and start your own church. I mean, he's not the only person God has called. God can also call you individually. He didn't go. He was there. Not knowing the general of Isaiah was watching him. He changed. One day in the service, the general of Isaiah called him whilst he was ministering and brought a passport. London. They bought a church. They filled it with chairs, instruments. Congregation was ready. Over 150 people he said, from today, you are a citizen of London. The chastening saved him, his future, and his ministry. If they had kept him there, if they had kept him there, and the general of Asia had it and said, oh, he should be there. That means the general of Asia doesn't love him. Yes. Doesn't love him. Doesn't love him. When God loves you, he will chasten you. He will punish you. He will correct you. He will instruct you. What you are doing, stop. What you are doing, change. And sometimes he will close some doors on you and you look very miserable. You can command, close door, open. Close door, open. He won't open. Because he knows that you. when he opens that door, you even become worse. Oh, but pastor, why is that some people... Uh, they are even worse than me, but God is opening more doors. That's why I told you. Them that he loves, he will chasten. When God is chastening you, he's purifying you. He's getting you to a place. If you respond well, he will get you to a better place. Give the Lord a good clap of fun. The corrections of God is for our prophet. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 10. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 10. Quickly. Definitely, I will not finish this, but wherever I get to, it would have blessed you. 
For our earthly fathers disciplined us for a few years, doing the best they knew how. But God's discipline is always good for us so that we might share in his holiness. Hello? Have you seen it? Give me another version. Let's do ESV. While we were, for they disciplined us for a short time as it seems best to them. But he disciplines us for our good that we may share in his holiness. Give me GNT. Let's try the GNT today. Quickly. The GNT. Do you have it? The GNT version. He said, our human fathers punish us for a short time as it seems right to them. But God does it for our own good so that we may share in his holiness. So the disciplines of God, the corrections of God, the chastenings of God is to make us partakers of his holiness. Yeah. A holy life is birth in a life that conforms to the corrections of God. That is why people are struggling with the subject of holiness. Because we are not conforming we are not conforming to the disciplines of the Lord. You say pray, you won't pray. Pay your tithe, you won't pay your tithe. You are sleeping with a woman. They preach a message. Instead of changing, you are angry. Are you here? We, we, you see, when God begins to discipline you, he is forming you into a certain personality that can reveal the glory of God in you. I know the message is not nice, but you, you can clap better than what you did. <laughs> Give me 10 minutes, I'll, I'll, I'll just wrap up. The work of holiness is the purpose of his chastenings. The life of holiness is the reason why he chastens us. If, can you imagine if God didn't put instructions in the Bible? What would have happened? Oh, but I by now, oh. Um, Joyce, like by now, Joyce have come to sit here, cry. Charlie, Charlie, Pastor, preach, 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 preach. <laughs> there will not be order. Somebody will be shouting there. Then you hear Shatawale song in the church. <laughs> but Paul has given instruction let everything be done decently in the house of God, in order. So just imagine if there was no structure. You can sleep with your brother. Your brother can sleep with your mother. Your father can sleep with your sister. So it is in the instructions of God. And corrections of God. That we begin to partake and share. In his holiness. God is love. But he's also a consuming fire. Do you understand? He is love. He is a consuming fire. His love does not quench his consuming fire nature. That's why he's a lion and a lamp. A lion and a lamp. So in the lamp form, he died. He was slain for our salvation. But in the lion form, he's the judge. I pray for you. I pray for you that your heart will be that type of heart that God can always correct. Give him a mighty clap offering.
Hebrews chapter 12, verse 12 to 13. I will not finish the message. Wherefore, lift up the hands which hang down and the feeble knees. Move on. And make straight path for your feet, lest that which is lame be turned, be turned out of the way and let it rather be healed. Now, hands speaks about the works of our hands. The works that comes out of our lives. The knees talk about the way we live our lives. And the Bible is saying that strengthen the weak hands. Strengthen. The church is supposed to strengthen weak hands. The church is supposed to correct wrong living. Yes. The church is not here to entertain you. No, we are not here to entertain you. No. We are not here to make you happy. We are here to make you blessed. And if there's no blessing when there's no cause. There must be a discipline. There must be a system. God has a system. The same way a child, a baby in the womb of a mother will have to go through certain phases, certain weeks, certain months, certain levels of development before it becomes fully formed and pushed out. That is the same way in the kingdom of God. God will refine you. God will chasten you. God will put you in the furnace of affliction, difficulty, hardship. He said, thou soldier of Christ, endure hardship. Endure. Endure. Endure it. I don't know how intensive it will be. I don't know. Because God is God that determines the type of hardship he puts on an individual. Yeah. I mean, the, the copper smith will know the intensity of fire is to apply to what type of metal. Yeah. You don't determine. You go before God. I mean, the type of affliction I want is that, you know, uh, you let me travel to outside there, but you don't give me a job. Let me just be walking around. <laughs> <laughs> like my friend got a breakthrough. He went to US and was crossing the road and a taxi driver knocked him. Charlie, the insurance, $20,000. Oh, who? $1,000. $20,000. I said, Charlie, no man, go stand there. Give me the knock you then. He said, Charlie, maybe the next one will be a drunkard. He will knock me where, where. I may not get up. To strengthen is not to flatter. To strengthen is to speak the truth in love. To speak the truth in love. To speak the truth in love. Many people don't want to hear the truth. They want words that to tickle their ears. That's the kind of Christianity we have. Do a program like Flaming Otters. You will not have a packed place. Do a program for prosperity. You see a packed place. God is looking for people who will follow his corrections. Once again, give the Lord a good clap offering. One of the duties of a pastor or a shepherd or Christians is to strengthen weaker Christians. Is to strengthen the weak. Jesus was, you see, Jesus went to Laodicea church and he was not nice to them. He was very hard. What we call a hard message. Like what I'm preaching. 
I've not made you shout like by now you are up. Eh, back like by now you are standing. Right on. Don't let you shout. When Jesus got there, he told them they were poor. He saw their cars. He saw the rich apparels. He said, you are poor people. You are wretched. You are wretched. It was a hard message. Why? What was Jesus doing? He was rekindling their fire. He was rekindling their love. Messages that will not push you to the wall. You see, a message you listen that you start re-examining yourself. It's a message to draw you closer to God. And those messages, you see, don't worry when others have, no, just obey. Keep obeying. Before you say Jack, you have gotten to a place where God can trust you with whatever he can give to a man. At that point, prayer becomes unnecessary. Not that you pray, but you pray for open door because you are the open door. You are a vessel of obedience. You are a portal to heaven. You become supernaturally connected 24 hours. Then your words are heavier. And, and, and the Bible talks about someone. None of his words fell onto the ground. We need Christians like that. It takes discipline. It takes daily routine pursuit of God. Routine pursuit of God. Routine. When you are pursuing God, eh? it will be difficult for you to walk in sin. Because God is light. And in him is no shadow. Something about God will push you out of sin. But we don't pursue God. We pursue other things. But today as I'm preaching, I pray that your heart will pant after God. You will look for him and you will find him. Give him a mighty clap offering in this house. Jesus was correcting them so they can walk in holiness. A man who receives God's chastenance and corrections will live a holy life. Period. If you receive God's chastenance and corrections, you will live a holy life. We are supposed to live it. Not just say we are holy, but we should live it. Why have we withdrawn from strengthening the church? Why are we not correcting people? Is it because people will say you are judging them? No! If a father is correcting his son, is it not because he loves him? That your, your, a child is coming with D, 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 F, 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 E, 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 D, D, D. And you are not saying anything. You are happy. Have you seen such a father before? Your Christian life performance is low. God will not keep quiet. He loves you. He wants a better record for you. And he will chasten you. Yeah, he will chasten you. You let your boyfriend break your heart. Break your heart, but all. They're like, God, why me? <laughs> God, why me? God, why me? Sometimes it can delay the marriage. Sometimes it can cause you to lose a job. He can chasten you. Bring you to a point where some of the chastenings are very swift. 
within three hours he has finished. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, you can just sneak and you are fine. But some of them, you see, there was something he wanted to achieve in Abraham. He wanted to put a name on him called the father of many nations. It's not a joke. Father of many nations and the father of faith. And when you die, you lie in Abraham's bosom. You have to wait for 25 years for a son, can you? Abraham blessings are mine. Abraham <laughs> Abraham blessings. Abraham sufferings are yours also. Abraham's blessings are mine. Abraham's sufferings are yours also. The Bible talks about Jesus that he learned obedience through the many things he suffered. God will chasten us through afflictions, through hardships, and through sufferings. I thought you were clapping. Yeah. Sometimes God will take you through something, eh? You would think that when it's like you are, you are just dying. Like, will I survive another day? Yes, His grace is sufficient. You will survive. Yeah, you will survive. You will learn the ways of God. You will learn the ways of God through chastenance, afflictions. It's not easy. It's not easy. You see, I'm, I'm making my faith chastenance. Sufferings. Bro, some promise and failure. It is an affliction. Yes. You, are, you believe in the arm of flesh too much. God wants to show you that you can. <laughs> when people are rushing, you are like, oh, me. Me, uncle, I came to me. They tell me that I may train. May train cry. Won't you go and register? Oh, I'm not. I'm not. I mean, this. Uh, men's go say they are going to pay. Eh? And I talked to a friend. I said, Hey, won't you go and pick the first? Oh, me, I talked to somebody. Christ said, Make I relax. See, they relax. Relax. <laughs> he said, Oh, these people would they pay you? I said, You re- go see our people from Q. Oh, me and them talk. Me and them talk. Eh. <laughs> the day will come, you catch them, you see your name. When you are confident in flesh, God can cause a disappointment. And you are like, ah, my uncle has disappointed. No. You were too confident in the flesh. You were too known. Yeah. I meet some Christians. I mean, when we were on campus, there were some people. They were too known. They let you feel like you there. If you don't bother, you in the back. But today, some of them are something. God is taking them through something. What you go through, I won't go through. What I will go through, you won't go because our destinies are not the same. And sometimes you need to ask. I wish you met Hannah to ask her, How were you feeling? When you are married to a man who can give children to another woman, and you, you couldn't conceive, how were you feeling? And hear what she would tell you. You will see that, Charlie, your problem no, is not the first time it is showing on the earth. 
and it will not be the last. Another person will go through the same thing. But you must be the next Hannah to help somebody to believe God. Finally, the other time I heard the ex-president Kofor speaking and he made a profound statement. He said, to him, he believes that poverty has led many into this same-sex marriage thing. The reason why same-sex marriage is rising is because of poverty. There are many people in church, there are many of us in church, we hardly can endure hardship. We look for the easy way out. But you can never be a proper Christian if you always look for the easy way out. There must be a hard way. It's a narrow way. It's a single route. And sometimes, eh, because of time, eh, we are on life, so I can't share certain things. You will have options. Options. Left side, right, everywhere. To escape the right route. But stay there you will see that it is beneficial. Stay there. It may go slowly, slowly, but stay there. It may go slowly, slowly, but stay there. Go through the test and trial. Because one day you need a testimony. There must be a test that you passed to give that testimony. Go through it. The easy way, the pleasurous way will never end you well. It will never end you. You go around, you want people. If you are not married, stop having sex. If you are not married, they won't mind you. But you see, when you marry, you see the affliction. You see that, Charlie, there was wisdom in what was being said. And then you will begin to advise other people. They will also not mind you. Because you didn't mind them. There is a way that always seems... God help me. I wanted to say something. It's deep, deep down here. God help me. Let me just say that one on this page and then we close. You need to hear this. You need to hear this. The highway of holiness is the part of life which Jesus speaks of the narrow way. The highway of holiness. And that is the highway that takes you to Zion. That is the highway that takes you to Zion. I saw a scripture. I saw a scripture. Oh God. Mercy. Mercy. Somebody say mercy. Say God have mercy on Pastor. He promised to preach very short but look at him. Isaiah 33, 14 to 16. The sinners in Zion are afraid. Hey. You we shouldn't go further. So in Zion, there are sinners. This is the sinners in Egypt, <laughs> or the sinners in Babylon. Is it that the sinners in Zion, the city of God, the company of innumerable angels? In that company, there are sinners. Hey, my God. <laughs> it's a deep revelation. So in church, some are angels, some are sinners. 
That's why the Bible says judgment will start in the house of God. The Bible said the sinners in Zion. I know it's not a nice message, so you are not even clapping. I mean, it's not a revelation into prosperity, I know. (laughs) If I just said, I just saw an angel just walk with seven letters. Hey, Pastor, push it. I'm pushing this one. The sinners in Zion are afraid. Fearfulness has surprised the hypocrite. Who among us shall dwell with this devouring fire? Who among us shall dwell with everlasting burners? Because of time. Let me say the one I want. This one is just a bonus. Just write it and take it. Fools don't walk in the highway of holiness. I will define who fools are. A fool is one who sees his own thoughts and life as the measure of everlasting wisdom. Let's look at what the Bible calls a fool. Proverbs 12, 15. Quickly. Let's run through the four scriptures and then we pray we go. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes. But he that hackineth unto counsel is wise. So if you are in error and I call you and I rebuke you and I counsel you and you remain in your own way, the Bible says you are a fool. Give me another version. Fools think their own way is right, but the wise listen to others. Another version. He said, fools are headstrong. That is what I like. Fools are headstrong. (laughs) How do you say it in Chi? Headstrong. Eh? What we call you, 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 like we are not doing three, three lessons, we are doing Bible lessons and do what they like. So, they are fools are headstrong and they do what they like. Wise people take advice. May you take advice. May you walk in godly advice. May you walk in godly counsels. In the name of Jesus. Proverbs 14, 16. Quickly. Proverbs 14, 16. A wise man feareth and departed from evil, but the fool rageth and is confident. Another version. The wise are cautious and avoid danger. Fools plant ahead with reckless confidence. Another version. The wise watch their steps and avoid evil. Fools are headstrong and reckless. GNT version. GNT version. He said, sensible people. I think I'm falling in love with this one. Sensible people are careful to stay out of trouble. But stupid people are careless and act too quickly. They don't think about their actions. They don't care what will happen. The Bible says that such a person is stupid. May you not be called a stupid person. 
is one of the most painful insults. Be sure we didn't before. Sometimes, when they give me teaching service from 5 p.m. to 9, I'm teaching. Proverbs 18 2. Proverbs 18 2. A fool has no delight in understanding, but that his heart may discover itself. Another version. Fools have no interest in understanding, they only want to air their own opinions. May you not be a fool. Tell somebody, don't be a fool. Oh, I don't think I'm. You are not saying it's a fool. Tell the person, don't be a fool. Uh-huh. You see how even, even cautioning the person with a fool, you are feeling some way. If you allow God to call you a fool. Another version, quickly. Fools are nothing for thoughtful. Fools care nothing for thoughtful discourse. All they do is run off at mouth. Give me GNT. Avoid message for me. Eh? They are too big, big English. A fool does not care whether he understands a thing or not. All he wants to do is to show how smart he is. Not every smartness shows that you are wise. The last thing about a fool is in Proverbs 14, 8. And now close. Don't be deceived. He said, the wisdom of the prudent is to understand his way, but the folly of fools is deceit. Another version. The prudent understand where they are going, but fools deceive themselves. Why is a clever person wise? Because he knows what to do. Why is a stupid person foolish? Because he only thinks he knows. Rise up on your feet. Zephaniah chapter 3 verse 2 Zephaniah chapter 3 verse 2 Give me the GNT version straight up It has not listened to God to the Lord or accepted his discipline It has not put it trust, no, give me the King James please, I want to pull something from there She obeyed not the voice She received not correction she trusted not in the law. She drew not near to the law. Don't be like this person. I want you to pray in two minutes that God give me a heart that will respond to your corrections. Pray right now. Lord, help us. Lord, help us. Lord, help us. Lord help us. Shakabala daba. Enda lagada gada gada bas. Mandolo kosabakata. Menda lakata bahai. Zagada gada baba shagada. Lift your two hands and pray. One minute. Pray. Karaba baba baba bashada la baba. Lema kata basopa lakata. Blende kezebele kele de beze. For them that he loves, he chastens. For them that he has received as sons, he was scorched. Pray that God give me a heart to respond to your scorching. Give me a heart that Lord I will grow to become a disciple that will disciple others. 
In the name of Jesus. I want you to put your hand on your heart as I pray. Father, I pray I commit every heart before you. I pray that, Lord, we shall respond to your chastening. We shall respond to your corrections. We shall choose the highway of holiness. We shall live holy lives. The sanctity of the Christian life will smell in our lifestyle. I pray for everyone here struggling in one way or the other to depart from a particular iniquity. I pray that the grace that you have made available will begin to work for us. Let us enjoy grace and let us show forth your glory to the world. Through our lifestyles, we give you praise, we give you glory. In Jesus' precious name, Amen. Give the Lord a mighty clap of it. Hallelujah. God is looking for people who will show forth his glory. Remember what I said about refined gold. One of the characteristics is what? It's transparent. And a transparent vessel doesn't bring glory to itself. It brings glory to what? The content. And the Bible said, Christ in you is the hope of glory. I pray, I pray that we will not only serve God fervently and zealously, but we will be people who have drawn closer to Jesus. That the life of Christ will be seen in our lives. Once again, give the Lord a good clap offering.